Sam, hi, I've looked at your website, but would you introduce yourself and your company? Tell me what you're about. No, thank you very much, Felicity. Yes, I will. So my name's Sam Doshi. I'm one of the co-founders of Stonebridge Executive Search. We specialise in the insolvency and restructuring arena, sort of carrying out retained searches and some contingent sort of recruitment. Um, we've got a team of seven currently, and uh, we started the business in February 2019. So we're in our fifth year of trading. And as you can imagine, the world of insolvency and the economy, um, we're, we're pretty busy. Uh, I wouldn't say rushed off our feet, but pretty busy. Um, I suppose just a little backstory myself. So I used to work in the world of restructuring for consultancy firms and accounting firms. And I moved into the world of recruitment, sort of recruiting for my sector. So that's probably my unique selling point that I can really sort of um, familiar sort of myself to sort of individuals and understand what they're going through and also vet candidates that much more. Um, so clients feel probably a bit more happier in when they see sort of CVs or profiles, really. Um, yeah, that's a quick synopsis of myself. You're, you're training. Are you, are you an accountant yourself? No, I'm not. No. no. Um, in the world of insolvency, you probably don't you don't need to be an accountant. Um, sort of it branches off in two se segments. So you've got insolvency and you've got restructuring and restructuring is before the insolvency. Right. Um, and the restructuring is all the clever stuff and the numbers and all the balance sheets and management accounts. And the insolvency is once you've been appointed on a failing business via the court and you would go into a business and um, exercise whatever you need to do, sell off assets, uh, make staff redundant, or if it's a liquidation, you're just, you know, you're selling off assets to pay the creditors. Okay, great. Which we're seeing a lot of recently, as you can see in the press. Are, are you based in London? Yeah, based in London. Um, but uh, yeah, we've... Uh, we've got a hybrid model. So I live in um, North Kent, Sidcup. Um, so the commute's not too bad. Great. Uh, so do you want to give me a bit of an intro of yourself, Felicity? Sure, yes. Uh, so uh, Ellis Fox is a recruitment business. Uh, we founded it, well, my husband and I founded it in 2011. Um, and it was really, the idea was it was going to be uh, a one-man band with a bit of backup for myself. That was it. Uh, my right. background is in banking, so not related oh, wow. to his job at all. Uh, but I was also kind of career break time with children. So, um, yes, it started with, do you think you could send out an invoice? And uh, and it went on from there. So, yes. Uh, and now you're and entrenched. We, yeah, so we were in London and increasingly realised we didn't need to be in London and actually moved to Devon in 2015. Uh, oh, while having a veneer of being in London, we, we had a... We have a a, a a sort of presence in London, but uh, but really our main operation is in Devon. So um, yeah, so it, with the changes that we're probably going to discuss now, uh, it's it's been interesting. It's no longer abnormal to be where in our situation. It's become more normal that uh, that we're somewhere more remote. Uh, our recruitment is national, um, 
it's not even London focused really. Uh, maybe I think yours might be more London focused. Uh, no, because it's uh, so we, we recruit for construction, specifically infrastructure and utilities, which is the non glamorous side of construction. Uh, roads, rail, telecoms is now a key utility. Um, and these projects happen all over the country. We don't operate outside the UK at all. Do you operate outside the UK at all? Um, so we will um, service um, the Cayman Islands, the BVI, um, Antigua, sort of all the cross-border stuff. So right. where there's fraudulent activity it always goes through those sorts of countries. So it's quite contentious, focused. Okay. I'm asking that because actually I thought one of the questions that we, one of the topics of discussion is looking at, gl at global talent and I was going to say specifically I would probably stick to UK I, I can't comment on the global talent pool <laughs> so. yeah I wouldn't say I'm a total expert um but yeah you're absolutely right so you, you're so you've moved from a office environment to a remote environment well, actually, um, in the last so 12 months ago, we moved from uh, working from our kitchen table, in effect, to uh, getting proper offices because we are going through a process of expansion. So we're currently uh, our business size is currently uh, myself, my husband and three others. So right. it, this, the expansion has been I think the expression is dog tooth. <laughs> it's not been straightforward. Um, so it's uh, we've we've it's been a sharp learning curve on moving yourself away from an operation that is uh it was actually we, we it was a team of two for five years before we then started trying to expand further team of two and myself i i don't really count myself i'm always on the edge of the business yeah. i'm not I, in I, not in recruitment yeah. commenting on the on the topics today has been interesting because i've been kind of thinking about it from a recruitment point of view for our own business and also getting a few comments from our team about what they've found in recruitment. Yeah, I suppose uh, where I probably, where we spoke to Maxine earlier, it was more the case of you're probably not in the business, but on the business. So it's quite interesting to have this dynamic because I suppose, because I have a business partner that sort of has the same sort of role. You know, we, we sort of share roles where I'll do the more finance sort of side of things. He'll do more the marketing side of things. And uh, we complement each other very well, but we both work in the business. We both recruit, uh, we both service clients, but also trying to find the time of working on the business. That's where you have to be really ruthless with your time and your diary, really. So it's quite yeah. good that your husband's got you to sort of think outside the box, really. I'm jealous. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes I, uh, yeah, I mean, I do, I do, because we're such a small business, I do very small, low level tasks. I process timesheets for interims. Um, I read through PSL agreements. So he doesn't yep. like detail and long documents. If it goes past a page, he'll probably pass it to me. Um, so yes, it, it, we do, we do compliment. We never thought we would when we met, we're not working in the same industry at all. Um, yep. But now we, I don't, uh, I don't work in the office sitting next to him very regularly. I try and avoid that scenario. You'd strangle <laughs> each other if you did. <laughs> I think I'd, my, my comments on his phone call style might um, 
uh, might overtake. <laughs> 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 so uh, yeah. So it'd be so actually. So it'd be quite good actually because you you've moved from that sort of office to remote. Because one of my topics that are we'll we'll come on to later is around the sort of you know the recruiter workplace going from four days to hybrid to remote you know what are the pros and cons because we, we sh you know historically being an old boy you know i'm used to that five day a week um everyone being in the office you know since covid i've had to change my mindset so we'll come on to that uh, uh, later on so it'll be interesting to hear your thoughts on it and what i'd sort of researched on a few things as well so um i suppose the the, the first point that um we, we've got to discuss is the key changes in the last uh 12 to 18 months um shall i let you start first? oh okay uh, I thought said, shall i start shall i let you start sure uh well I actually had to think about what was happening 18 months ago because COVID seems to have gone on forever and yet yep. not forever. Actually, 18 months ago, so call it sort of Christmas time 21, uh, we were coming out of restrictions. Uh, I was looking at the timeline. I think that was all the party gate stuff going on. Um, but the travel restrictions were lifting, the work from home directives had been lifted. And I think it was the beginning of quite a boom time for recruitment. The demand for permanent, both in perm and interims for us. And I think across our industry, and I'm sure many other industries, uh, the demand far outstripped supply, which caused sort of blockages in the, in the, in the chain, but it meant we had a busy time. Um, so 18 months ago, we learned about uh, working remotely, about doing Teams meetings. We all subscribed to Zoom, so we didn't get cut off after 30 minutes. Um, and uh, I think that we have that 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 technology, that use of technology, is something that's carried forward because it's been quite a good time-saving, money-saving exercise. Um, so when canvassing candidates, I think having a Teams meeting with them is a step up from a phone call. Face-to-face -face is probably always the best, but it's just not practical when we operate nationwide. Um, one of our candidates we've recently placed, I can think of, is, is based uh, near Glasgow. It's not practical to just arrange a face-to-face -face quickly um, yep. before that uh, takes place. So I think... Um, That's empowered we, your business, hasn't it? Where you're working remotely and you, you've got candidates in Scotland or in Leeds, you've got the power of video interviews where you can screen the individuals, right? And yes. make sure that the process is bulletproof. Yeah, so I think that um, I think that we as a business have looked to maybe be more open to the idea of outsourcing certain functions for our business. So a few more of the low level jobs that maybe might have fallen to me to do. Uh, we're using uh, agencies that represent people in, uh, say, Southeast Asia, uh, who can can work through data and carry out functions very effectively across time zones and, and mm. languages, it, trans it, it, it works. So um, I think that we've also uh, um, 
we've had we've had to learn what is i think over lockdown we had an increased focus on what's important in life and i think that when we're employing people for our own business we have to be cognizant of what they value it isn't just salary it isn't just uh fancy office uh a company car it's sometimes the company culture is sort of it i've never heard i didn't really feel the company culture was something we thought about until a couple of years ago um and i think that that has come more to the front on who we are hiring and how we're doing the hiring and how we're onboarding people and we haven't always got it right um we are learning <laughs> so hopefully aren't we all aren't we all <laughs> yeah yeah no so, I, I agree when i pass it when i pass it uh back to you before we do the looking into the future mm. what changes have you seen so i suppose my, my sector is the insolvency and restructuring sector, right? So through COVID, I think the first year of COVID, our market went ballistic in um, because naturally there was businesses that were shutting up shop. They couldn't afford to pay the staff while being closed. So insolvencies were uh, on the rise. We were incredibly busy. Um, taking it back to the, you know, last year we had... Um, a record year in turnover, insolvencies and restructuring was still high. Um, but I suppose the key changes, I suppose, it depends what sector you're in, right? Because last year, a lot of businesses found it quite difficult and turbulent. Um, but our market, we were very fortunate, we were busy. But I think where we came back and everyone started talking about this hybrid working, remote working, and being an old boy that I am, I was like, why aren't you going to be in the office? Why do we have to adapt to this? Surely it's better for everyone to be together so you can learn, you can train, you can build a culture. And uh, me and my business partner had a chat and we decided to go down the hybrid route. So we go in three days, two days at home. And it gives people a bit of uh, personal flexibility as well. Um, and we felt going by our clients, we wanted to sort of semi-replicate them as well. Um, and they were doing three days. So I think I think there's a big, big topic on how people are working, um, whether it's hybrid, remote, um, or the certain clients we've got have just gone, put their foot down and gone five days. And they have seen their retention gone, yeah, decrease rapidly. Um, I also think um, in the recruitment market, I think it's the, I think employer and employee branding has been very apparent. Um, we've had to sort of, as I think you alluded to earlier, is, uh, is, is building a culture with your team. Um, and that has been very important for us because if you've got a happy workforce, you're going to retain your staff. Also, you're going to get your volumes going to be a lot higher. Therefore, it's better for the business. Um, and the, and the individual recruiters. I think 
you know, before when I was recruiting many years ago, it was just about recruitment, getting your name out there, going for drinks. It's so, it's changed so much with LinkedIn and stuff. And you've got to build your own brand and sort of separate yourself from the average recruiter. And it's all about sort of posting videos and sort of, you know, writing sort of um, uh, little, little reports on how your market's sort of performing. Um, and I also feel that the the clients are asking for more, I think the new word is diversity, equity and inclusion from your candidates. And um, the professional services that we sort of operate out of is quite a heavily male dominated market. So you might get the odd client that go, well, if we are going to recruit, we'll recruit a female at a senior level but if you can't get me that we won't recruit so it's it's been that extreme um and i suppose that that's um that's probably been the biggest difference and also in the last six months what we've seen is a 20 percent uptick in salaries that candidates are demanding because they know there's a you know, it's a real tight market. It's a labor type market, right? And clients are also retaining staff more. They're paying retention bonuses. They're staggering bonuses over over 12 months and paying it in two parts. And if you leave, you've got to pay back your bonus and stuff. And it's making candidates not want to move because of that. So it's different tactics clients are using to retain the staff. So I think there is a slight sh candidate short shortage market um but we've tried to push our staff to do a lot more outreach into the market so they're sort of a, a little bit of what we've seen and obviously i'm sure you've seen as well the introduction of ai as well everyone's sort of banging the drum of chat chat gpt not that i've ever used it um <laughs> But I think we had a couple of guys that went to the TRN Rumble yesterday and they talked about how the SEOs don't pick up on a chat GTP um, job ad. Um, right. So if you think it's going to go to the market by wanting a particular person, Google's not picking it up because it's a cut and paste job. I don't know how they do it. But um, so um, the lazy sort of way is uh, not working for Google. and attracting candidates ultimately hence why the employee branding comes into play right yeah so how do you okay so how do you see things going forwards in the next 12 to 18 months what's your kind of like forward when you're doing the on the business work what do you what do you see that you need to be doing um i think i think the employee branding has got to be is quite an important factor in if you're going to attract candidates so whether it's on social media platforms you know instagram facebook linkedin you know before back in a few years ago you would dare not um uh, well i wouldn't in my professional services because you can imagine sending a message on facebook or instagram but it's it's another way to sort of um not just attract candidates, but you can actually find candidates um, through those means. So I think social media has become a lot uh, more apparent in our sector. 
Um, I also feel that um, for the next 12 months, I think clients need to do things a bit different. We constantly talk about ourselves and candidates, but I think clients need to be a lot more sharper in their recruitment process. Um, the amount of times that you know, you're chasing clients to go, what's the feedback? What's the feedback? Or uh, get because, the offer letter out. Where's the offer letter? Where's yeah, simple things. Simple yeah. things to make it a seamless process. I think clients need to sort of change and adapt um, and better their recruitment processes. I think I read the other day, PwC lost 49% of their offers due to the recruitment process not being sharp. 49%. That is yeah. incredible. That's incredible. Yeah. But in this, um, in this, this labour short um, sort of talent, uh, talent yeah. pool that's uh, tight, people will get snapped up by someone else. So we're finding that we're having to say, get the offer letter out, get, the con get it locked down before they move somewhere else because silence is perceived as disinterest. disinterest. So it's a, uh, yeah, it's a problem. I, I think that we're having to look at more detail being thrashed out. So for example, you've got clients who are still sticking to the five day in the office model. I think definitely pre from pre-COVID, there are gonna be more companies that do operate a hybrid model, but I think it needs to be specified. So we've got some offers that have gone out where a candidate thought they can work from home and then they find out that there's a new directive saying you're all back to the office at least four days a week. And they took the job on the basis they would be commuting a long distance just one night a week. So what's happened on the back of that? Just being nosy. What's sometimes, well, most most time that'll fall through because there'll be another. If the candidate's a strong candidate, they'll they'll find something else, and it, you know it may or may not be through us. So it's uh, well, it, it wouldn't if we were thinking the job was going to go through. It wouldn't be through us, but yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's. I think we're putting more attention on candidate. We we didn't have such a focus on resourcing. But we've now hired an experienced recruiter to be just candidate focused because that candidate pool being as small and tight as it is need to be looked after and mm. and curated so that we are more in touch with people for when we do get those requirements. Um, but the, I think just in the press and not in our sector, I'm hearing more backlash against the work from home culture. There's been some big names recently that have been announcing, you know what, it's time to get back to work. Um, I think it's uh, it was BlackRock. I think one of the biggest uh, money yeah. managers. They said four days. You know, careers are not built on your kitchen table. That you've got to be in the office, face to face, collaborating, turning around solutions for clients quickly. I mean, even I, I, I saw in the news the other day. I think it was the boss of AO.com who said, if you work remotely five days a week, you might as well be in Bangalore. So why would you? You know, why would you? Have so we'll pay you that salary. Yeah. yeah. 20% of the salary doesn't need you know don't need to be paying it so it's sort of back to, so there is a bit of a I feel there is a bit of a backlash but I think little bits of it have been will be retained it's just it needs to be the detail that's thrashed out so expectations are managed because I think with candidates the worst thing you can do is is give one expectation that if it changes it's the biggest deal killer so it's yeah I was trying to say to our clients it, it you know is this contractual is it contractual that it's three days in the office or which days of the week they are can you pick or that kind of information is is something that it sounds like a small detail but for our industry i think it's going i think it's quite important for us to get that that detail sorted out um i do think that 
the con you know continued emphasis on work-life balance is going to continue. COVID's not going to disappear from our memories quickly. <laughs> it was it was long enough. So uh, yes, it's. Uh, I think that and it's I not about salaries, is it, Felicity? You know, people. Do, you know, clients just think that some candidates are just trying to get that quick buck, but actually some people want to go into uh, businesses and actually feel that they're going to be upskilled and be developed yes um, development's massive yes it's so important and yeah. and giving the personal flexibility but you're absolutely right what, what happens when through an interview process they say yeah no we do three days we do the hybrid and then there's a new partner that comes along and says well actually it's not going to be three it's going to be four days and you've got to come in and these are your core days you know i mean how my my issue with that is how do we so you know clients won't put that in contracts they won't put three days in the office two days at home it's word of mouth look my word is my promise three days and then six months down the line it changes and they're not going to be retaining their staff they'll be jumping ship it's yeah it is mad. Also, like you said before the other thing we've noticed is re staff retention because our clients are all aware about how difficult it is to hire people and also the perception is obviously that recruitment is expensive um counter offering is big at the moment whereas a counter offer might have been an uplift of 10 percent it's more like an uplift of 25 or 20 and the whole process is nearly complete and then we find out shortly before uh, you know, we're, we're expecting to hear that resignation's been done. Well, no, actually, it's been retracted and I'm staying. So a lot of work is being done for no money in that situation. I have to appease my staff and sort of, you know, I have to explain to them that, look, you know, they get really annoyed by the simple fact that there's a counter again. But you've got, I said, look, put yourself in the client's shoes you know, for, and you know, the, the counters come into play because if they lose that person, they've got to replace them, which is at a 20, 25% cost uh, for the recruitment fee. Then they've got to bed them in. You know, it's time and money at the end of the day. So why not just give that guy the, or, you know, person an extra 10,000 pounds and they're happy and they stay. Yeah. yeah. It's as simple as that, right? Um, yeah, and then, but also then, I mean, I, the inflation has meant that I think pay rises have been valid, and getting clients on board with that has been it's been hard. You know, I know that I understand, even though I'm not a recruiter, that managing expectations on both sides and getting them to meet somewhere nicely in the middle is kind of key to this process, and that's been a difficult situation as well. And they've got staff who've been working for them for, for 10, 15 years, and have just accepted sort of you know three percent increases each year. Mm. Um, you know, someone new is coming in and, and they find that it's busting through the banding that's existing. So it's it's working out if then you have to ask your clients to look again at what they're, you know, where their banding sit, what are they looking for? Um, and sometimes having to tell them it's wholly impossible. They're looking for a purple unicorn. <laughs> so <laughs> not just back. a unicorn, a purple one. <laughs> a purple unicorn, yes. <laughs> Brilliant. I like that expression. Yeah. So, um, so it's, um, I suppose, you, you know, with the, with the future, I've heard a few sort of, um, tech in you know, sectors, uh, um, that they, they found it quite sticky to the, the start of this year. 
um, we also found it quite sticky because everyone was a bit hesitant. I think they also felt that recession was going to happen, especially in my sector. If recession happens, it's happy days for us, so to speak. But <laughs> that wasn't happening. And therefore, everyone sort of shifted back and a lot more cautious because we service the sort of accountancy practices as well as the legal practice. The legal practices are always conscious. They're not as opportunistic as the accountancy. And um, even the accountancy practice are just sort of going, no, we're, we're, we're holding fire. And a couple of our clients who have been really big clients have got, you know, recruitment freezes um, still to this day from the start of the year because they've yeah. just they've either overhired or it's not as busy. Um, multitude of reasons, right? But um, I think it's... Um, yeah, it's uh, going to be interesting times for the next few months, that's for sure. Yeah, no, we're, we're finding the same thing. We're finding our clients are main contractors who have big divisions of, um, of various different skill sets. But basically, a quantity surveyor is our, is our standard placement and they could work on a water project or potentially a rail project. Not ideal, but we're finding them moving their people in-house in order to meet the needs. So, uh, yeah, particularly one... Uh, telecoms internet is a is a relatively new area doesn't have oh. um, enough people so they're pulling people from whereas 12 months ago they'd say oh go on give us some, in a couple of interims and that's fine um, it's now we find out that our interims are being replaced by somebody perm in house who's moved across from rail which might work might not <laughs> don't know it's but a cheaper it's option not, for them not good for us but um, but we sort of have to watch this space We've, we've seen situations like this before. They roll out, they unfold. We get the call again in a few yeah, months' time. inevitable. Right, yeah, yeah. But yes, I would say we have, uh, we expected a recession, um, but we don't celebrate that like you might do. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> yeah, I can see budget cuts and stuff like that, right? It will affect. Yeah, with outgoing of Boris and the incoming of Rishi, Boris loves a road or a train or something. So we were we were slightly cautious about what might happen. But Rishi seems to have taken on the same number of infrastructure projects being rolled out. HST being one of the biggest employment projects there. I think it goes beyond just needing a fast railway between London and Birmingham. I think it's regarded as a yes, a, a significant employer um, and keeping things going, keeping the economy going. So um from that perspective we kind of are not so nervous it's just yep. the practices of our clients that are going to affect what demands come to us come to our door um but this goes back to our focus is less on our clients and more on the candidate pool because when there is a requirement and it is harder to fill um i'm probably stretching into the next topic we're going to talk about and sort of global right. no no let it naturally flow in so um, it's we, we need to yeah be more in touch with the candidate pool because it's it is harder to find the right people who are available and the the pool of talent we've got is only a few thousand people we know that and so being in touch with them at the right time when they are considering a move and they might be open to the idea as long as the offer letter came in on time and and all the contractual the detail of the contract matched um, so yes I think that's that's where I think focus has moved 
it's not away from the client. We just put it in, our next additional resource was entirely candidate based, which we've never, yeah, we've never had before. Where did you see it before? It was quite evenly split where the demand and supply was sort of equal. Or is it more, more? I think we felt that if we had the requirement, we'd fill it. We're quite niche in what we do. Yeah. And we felt that given a requirement from a client, we would be able to find find the relevant person without without uh, too much difficulty. Um, there's my husband's been in this kind of marketplace for around 20 years. He's he's known the industry. We've got another recruiter who's he can resource um, very effectively. We didn't, but then it, it's that's what we've noticed recently. Suddenly we came across stumbling blocks and it just became a little bit harder. Um, mm. And so we then thought, I think we need to hire. So we've hired someone with many years experience in recruitment doing yep. the 360, but actually their focus is going to be, we've called them a resourcing consultant. So it doesn't, it's, it's, they're on a level playing field with the, with the recruiters, because I think we're now at the moment seeing the function of finding that candidate as being as important as winning the business. I think, yeah. Well, what's the what's the sort of model you've got within the the business have you got like for example your husband that sort of just deals with the clients and then you've got the team that sort of just go and reach out and grab the candidates and then you match how does it work okay so my husband has a small pool of people that he regularly places possibly on an interim high level interim basis or uh it's it's the more senior placements generally. He, our next hire could be to get him personally a resourcer for that position. Yeah. Uh, but at the moment he actually does the 360. So he resources it as well. He knows the yeah. candidates, he's been around for a while. So they know him, he knows the clients. Clients are often candidates as well in this situation. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, that's his business. Uh, our next two, uh, recruiters are 360 recruiters but they're now being encouraged to use the resource that we've now hired as our resourcer so and the commission split is exactly 50 50 between uh between winning the business and find resourcing the candidate so the way they're equally as hard sorry equally as hard i think so i mean i i think between them if they want to do a deal i've had deals given to me that i've been told the split is 70 30 <laughs> so and i and i'm fine with that as long as it's been agreed between them because uh, it might be something that's fallen in someone's lap as a requirement and then yes it might look a bit too easy so um the person who's resourcing it might say i'm going to resource it but the effort involved means i want more of that time so yeah yeah that's, yeah but we, we have default position is 50 50 yeah well i'd love to say you know our our model is well rob and i sort of work the client market because collectively we've been in this market for over 30 years and obviously like i said before i've worked in it so we we, we have a vast network so the clients has never been a problem it's the candidates so we've got a team of people sort of effectively doing 180 um and producing the candidates because well we we know the you know it's it's tough to get candidates on board currently so we've set incentives to push 
more outreach and it's really worked and it's actually driven activity in the office everyone likes it set incentives you know go out for meals and stuff um and um yeah it's it, it's driven activity because as soon as you get a candidate uh the demand's there you know take your pick you get a good candidate you can pick a b c or d you know um so that it's quite a simple model. People like it. The more senior people, they've got a handful of clients as well. But because the, the emphasis is on get candidates because the demand's there, um, sort of we're all sort of working the candidate market like what you said, really. Um, yeah. And, and Rob and I, because we've been in the market, as you say, the more senior people come to us because of our, our reputation in the market and how long we've been in it. And uh, you do get the odd client that will tap you on the shoulder and say, let's go for a drink and have a chat and turn into a candidate as well. Yeah. So, um, so as, as you said, you've got a senior recruiter that you've come on board. Um, one of the topics I was um, going to sort of, which, uh, which interested me is, um, I think, what are good recruiters right now maximizing the moment? Um, so I think we've been very conscious of that because it's so tight um, and it's so important for the good recruiters to build a pipeline of candidates and not just trying to hit the target for now and then being demoralized by failing that and then sort of then not sort of performing in the next quarter so we've always sort mm -hmm. of had that policy that look we will look after you over a period of time so don't be yes it's good to have a number to aim for but it's it's not about the it, it's a combination of quick wins and sort of medium to long-term strategy in sort of building mm -hmm. that sort of approach and harboring uh, a good healthy pipeline of candidates really um and I think also the good recruiters will spot opportunities when talking to to clients and candidates, um, and whether that's a little bit of gossip or um, sort of talking to a client, and you can when you're talking about strategy and vision, is identifying okay when you do speak to someone, is you go back to the client and so sort of say you know that conversation that we had, well here's that sort of purple unicorn that you were talking about. Um, so I think it's that's also important and I think also I feel it's having a consultative approach with clients is so important that they feel they've got a business partner um, sort of that they can lean on um, and whether that's re discussing retained searches so it wards off competition as a recruiter you don't want competition do you? That's the last thing you want is you talking to a client yeah. and you get beat by your competitor. So I think that there's been a rise in retained search with clients as well that we've seen. But you have to pick and choose what clients you do retain and what you do contingent. So I think that that's been important. Um, and I think, yeah, I, th I think that's what make good recruiters, really. Um, what do you see in your senior recruiter that made you want to hire that individual? Um, well, when we hired for our business, 
Uh, I've got a funny set of criteria, which um, which I've discussed with our we use a rector out yeah. who educated us in getting over ourselves with the five days in the office and told us to be more flexible with our offering in order to in Devon it's not we it's not London it's not so easy to hire is there are people down here it's not just farms um, but <laughs> we, and we, good ice have, cream. We, move, we moved our offices to just off a junction off the M5 in order to be able to attract talent from you know down towards Exeter up towards Taunton um, so when we were trying to attract people for the business we were working on the basis of hiring inexperienced hires who had a bit of a gift to the gap we're good with language good with listening to people I think probably with an aim to being much like you mentioned about they're having the, the good consultative approach to their clients and in, you know being able to engage them in intelligent conversation and make the clients feel they wanted to pick up the phone and chat to them um has this this hasn't always worked um I sit in the office from time to time and I, I'm quite nosy. I just listen a lot to people on the phones. And I can tell sometimes a conversation is going, you know, so you can hear a conversation can be that consultative situation. Mm. And then you can hear something else as well. Um, but when we identified this candidate shortage, um, my husband and I agreed we were going to hire an experienced recruiter and didn't have to come from anything like our sector, just needed to know a bit of the technicals of how we work and, you know, yep. use of LinkedIn, the use of CRMs, that kind of thing. Um, and then apply those, the transferable skills from their recruitment experience, which we'd like to see evidence that had been successful in their other sector, obviously. Um, but a nice steady pair of hands to, get on with and chat to uh, our candidate pool. The fact that he may not be so dissimilar to our candidate pool, it helps the process a little bit. Um, things in common, yeah. Yeah, I just think, just being, just knowing that he was, during the interview process, did we did see his, his how he chatted, how he interacted, and I, that's what I was looking for, really. Um, and then evidence of the intelligence to pick up the basics of what our industry does uh, quite quickly. That would be it really. We've got in amongst our pool of people in the office, we've got one who's more technically able and can help explain the nuances mm. of AI, other things, <laughs> uh, what our base base can actually do for us. Uh, uh, information gathering has become a new, a new thing recently that's uh, more relevant as we've grown. With one or two people in the office, information gathering was literally just keeping your ears open. I think with increased numbers, I'm going to have to use some tools, get some tools at my disposal to know what people are doing. Um, and so, yes, I think that's um, that's spanning a few different categories there, actually, <laughs> probably. Yes, but yes. Technology, I think is is. Uh, it's definitely going to help if someone has a dust quarter and you go back to some basic stats you can then say yeah this was you know was there a reason less phone calls there was less activity it's not a surprise there's been a bit of a duff quarter kind of thing so yeah it's um as long as the yeah. consultants the recruiters are maximizing the uh, everything they can do through the process 
ultimately that's all you can ask for right is asking the right questions at the start keeping in touch making sure the process is smooth meeting with them during the process meeting them after the offer you know there in your case a video call you know as long as you are constantly doing that so they feel the recruitment process is is a smooth one and it's on at the speed that they want that's all you can do now if it falls out of bed on the 11th hour you've got to hold up your hands and go look i've done everything in my power this is just bad luck and i guarantee yeah. you this is what i tell the staff if it is a bulletproof process it will you know if you had three deals and one goes the two will go through you know you've got yeah. extremely unfortunate for all three to fall out all of bed three. Oh, yeah exactly exactly yeah um it, it, yeah. so um and i suppose because um we, we have a uh, gaston uh, on this i thought <laughs> i thought we wouldn't but i suppose well we are sort of in the recruitment world so we we like to talk right well, um it's quite, we're, we're quite we're quite new to the recruitment network and because i didn't come from recruitment what i'm enjoying is actually meeting other recruiters and asking particularly people who do my function, how do you do this? What, what do you do? How do you deal with this situation? How, because my husband does it intuitively. Also, he avoids the bits of the job that he doesn't really want to deal with, which are then mine. So he doesn't really know much about them. But this, is, this has been, it's, I, it's, it's interesting chatting to you about your, your business, a very different sector. There's no fear of competition or whatever. It's, but it's, it is interesting to hear how you manage what you do. Um, and yeah, probably, if left to our own devices, could probably talk for another couple of hours, probably. Um, yeah, I think so. But this is the great thing about TRM. Yeah, it is good about, you know, because I was, um, you know, before joining, I was like a bit dubious. If we find someone who's in our sort of same area or close to our sector, are they going to try and nick ideas? But we all do the same things, ultimately. You know, the, the foundation and the basic principles of recruitment, we all do the same thing. So, but actually when you have your own business it's so interesting how you know the smaller guys you know are how they're building their business the more established ones the big scaled ones and listening to everything and taking little bits and sort of um, those sort of golden nuggets and then sort of utilizing it as and when into your own business it's it's so interesting um and it's opened my eyes to the world of recruitment that's that is for sure it's definitely open to, we never really were open to the idea of, of hiring a 180 recruiter model. It was, we always, we thought we would hire people who would develop into being full 360. And it was quite, a, it's quite a tough task to teach the whole job to a, we kind of were going for people who'd worked in sales, any sales, car sales. Uh, car sales is so different from recruitment. It has some of the skills, but we found out the hard way that sometimes it's, I think one of one of the the people who left said, "I would rather drink prosecco twice a week than champagne once a month." And and I said, "Okay, fine. It's that's yeah. It, it's not car sales. <laughs> so no, it's yeah. horses for courses, right? Um, yeah. So I just so wanted really, to sort of sorry, go on, please. No, I was going to say I'm really sorry. I am going to have to wrap it up quite quite soon because no, that's um, fine. Absolutely I, fine. Uh, yeah, maybe I had a schedule for today that I'm going to have to have to move on to. I'm sorry. No, 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 that's fine. That's fine. Well, no, it's been lovely to, to talk to you. Um, no, no, it's been lovely to talk to you. And I'm 
uh, I hope to meet up at some TRN function or the retreat that they've uh, uh, got We're going to in July. Well, I'll see you at the retreat. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's like around, it's around the 11th, so yeah. Yeah, 10th, 11th, yeah. Yeah, we'll yeah. definitely catch up then and we'll have a glass of Prosecco then. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, champagne <laughs> my room. <laughs> <laughs> you're on, you're on. <laughs>